श्री गौरी वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाय श्री हरि नाम प्रभु की जाय बहुत भक्त वृंद की जाय बहुत प्रेम आनंदे बोलो सो इवनिंग एवरीवन नाइस टू बी विद यू अगेन वी बीन मीटिंग नाउ फॉर अ फ्यू डेज बिगिनिंग ट्यूसडे इवनिंग एंड वेंसडे नाउ द जन्माष्टमी डे इटसेल्फ द एथ डे ऑफ द waning moon that was full on the day of the uh, of baldev baldev purnim commemorating the appearance of ram balram the significant um, friendly other of krishna and uh, <clears throat> now we're eight days into that this is the astami janmashtami on um, which astami there is the janma the appearance uh of a birth the appearance of birth we'll be hearing about that in some detail later on in this evening there will be a reading from gopal champu champu is a beautiful type of sanskrit literature this is gopal champu is the is the masterpiece of shri deva goswami one of the architects of our uh, our lineage dating back uh over 500 years in the gopal champu he takes and puts into poetry in the context of retelling the whole of krishna leela that those philosophical truths that he presented in his philosophical uh treatises of sanskrit prose as opposed to poetry known as krishna sandarbha <clears throat> so to take that philosophy and turn and is presented poetically hmm, as quite an art and in the context of doing that presenting this foundational point that is central to our discussions thus far this year on the janmashtami krishna's two bhagavan swayam krishna the fountainhead of all avatars this is the idea hmm. this um to take that philosophical as i say uh, uh cornerstone Hmm? and then from there to as well bring out this all oh, the sentiments that this such understanding can give rise to the end of his champu he says and so there it is you heard it all these different feelings for krishna hmm? dasyam sakyam vatsalyam maduram pick the one you want and go there hmm? no no what you're not and in the vague sense what you are neti neti hmm? i'm not this i'm not that i'm nothing like anything of this world i'm consciousness hmm? and then from there flies high in the sky of consciousness possibilities as you like sujeeva <clears throat> goswami is the younger uh the goswami's one of the younger he's a nephew of rup and janatan who um chetanadev particularly empowered to to take the if you will the waterfall uh, as i like to say speak of it sometimes of the uh ecstasy that he personified hmm? and uh turn it into a lake that we could approach it and take advantage of it drink from it swim in it bathe in it and so forth 
he commissioned them, empowered them to do that in the form of, in a number of forms, but the principal form is the writing of the, the uh, sacred literature, which become the Bhakti uh, Shastra, and the, and the canon, if you will, of the uh, devotional school of Vedanta that we f- find ourselves in and associated with here tonight, which is Krishna Bhakti centered. And um, among these two, Sri Rupa Goswami wrote a very extraordinary treatise on bhakti. And we're going to speak from that treatise tonight, again, with regard to the theme of this year's uh, Janamastami festival, Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam, different ways of coming to this conclusion. It's not a sectarian conclusion. Um, There must be a source of all manifestations of divinity. And it's hard for us to imagine that the source of all the beautiful and charming manifestations of divinity that inspire love within us, sentiment and love meaning irreciprocal dealings, hmm? that the source would be uh, such that upon uniting with it, there would be no longer any possibility of an exchange of such sentiments. Hmm? This uh, appears to go against the very nature of our experience, our human experience, that must have something to do with our spiritual reality. Our human experience is in search of love. As I've many times said, we cannot rest until we find love, and I'm speaking in the material context, and once we find love, do we rest then? No, there's another movement starts all over again. That's hmm? um, quite a ride. Itarata, anvayad itarata, union and separation up and down like a roller coaster and so forth. But you don't want to get off. Hmm? Something like that. So the implication here is that if we are in search of love, hmm, and there, the idea being that our constitution as an atma has some is is uh, is among other things enduring, hmm? self-luminous, sat chit and what, anandam, hmm? anandam means love, ecstasy, bliss, charm, beauty. Hmm? We are sat, we are chit, hmm? we exist, and we are a conscious existence rather than inert existence. And we have a purpose. That purpose is anandam, joy, love, living for love. And we readily see this if we look, as I say, at our human life. And we should think, I think reasonably, that our human life tells us something about our spiritual reality. Hmm? After all, we are the atma. We are reposing ourselves in matter, in different forms and shapes, all in pursuit of love. Hmm? We like things only as much as we're in them, as much as they're mine or ours. I've given this example before. If it's my car and it gets a flat tire, it's a problem. If it's your car, it's not a big deal. Tell me, what's the difference? The difference is two little letters, M-Y, my. Hmm? Two little, little words make a huge difference. What does my mean? My means in this context that I, a unit of 
experiential reality, as opposed to matter, which has no capacity to experience, has extended itself into things. By extending myself into things and identifying them as mine, hmm, they take on meaning for me. They become lovable objects, if you will. Hmm? But what's really lovable is not the thing, it's me. The fact that I'm in it, hmm, by way of a projection or an extension, is what makes it lovable. So the idea in Vedanta is the self is lovable. The self is, 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 is by, by nature as a, a loving a component. It's, it's, it's Swasukha, he's described, the great Sukadev, Swasukha, his own bliss. Hmm? Satisfied in himself, he had no reason to look anywhere else. The naked Sukha, boy, hmm? 16 years old, wandering in the forest, no interest in the metropolis and all the busyness of the world and so forth. But he heard some slokas, some verses, some poetry from the Bhagwat. Hmm? Beautiful descriptions of the Leela of Krishna, Bhagavan. He became attracted to that. What is the nature of that then? If a self-realized person who has no interest in anything, no interest in anything material becomes attracted to these descriptions about Krishna Leela, then we think this must be something within the realm of consciousness, something related to myself that I'm taking pleasure in to an extent that I need no other external source hmm? to satisfy myself. I'm Atmaram, I'm self-satisfied, but I'm finding that which... I'm finding satisfaction in as a source and to turn to that hmm, then the capacity for tasting bliss has in, just increased uh, unlimitedly. Hmm? So <clears throat> an ideal hmm, Bhakti tradition has put forth an ideal in which, which which culminates in a loving and reciprocal uh, union with the Absolute. Hmm? So, I've said it before, if you and I get together, you and I become we. This is, I mean, by a dynamic union. You are not cancelled out, I am not cancelled out. Hmm? So, a unity and a difference at the same time, making for the possibility, of, as they say, for love, as we know it, reciprocal dealings. Some people, some some transcendentalists, um, virtuous persons, they, as I've said before, they love to be. They love to exist. In bhakti, however, we exist to love. This is a nuanced uh, difference. And Shirupa Goswami wrote the book, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, we're going to speak from tonight, a book about the ocean Sindhu, the ocean of bhakti rasa, which means this uh, reciprocal dealings in transcendence. Rasubhai Saha, Taitra Upanishad says, Brahman is rasa. So let us go there hmm, and see how Rupa Goswami has dealt with that. This in the context, as I say, of following our theme this year uh, for our discussions uh, surrounding the Krishna Janamastami, that Krishna is the fountainhead of all uh, avatars, of all manifestations of divinity, very heart, if you will. Of all. This is not, like I say, as a sectarian idea, but it has a scriptural support to it, 
and um, it speaks about the inclusiveness, the inclusive nature of uh, of Krishna. So we're here, Rupa Goswami is going to look at it from a particular angle, and we've talked about it from other angles, from other texts, and so forth. This is the primary angle that uh, the architect, if you will, Rupa Goswami, has taken hmm, for uh, forming a, a, a lineage and giving some institutional shape to the ecstasy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He located that ecstasy in the sacred texts. What does it mean? What, what, what are the implications of that? And so forth. And this book, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, every statement that he makes is supported by, by the uh, larger canon that is accepted by all the Vedantins. By, by, from the Upanishad, he supports his statements, from the Puranas, from Bhagavad, Purana in particular, from the Gita, and so on and so forth. So very um, uh, profound and beautiful exercise in um, uh, dissemination of philosophy and theology, which is useful to us to get an orientation uh, to our practice that may uh, facilitate the practice that much more. So to his opening text, we turn. He says... hmm? Akila rasamrita murti. Prasrimara ruchi rudha taraka pali. Kalita shama lalito radha prayan vidur jayati. This is a very um, uh, insightful um, verse that he's prefaced his whole text with. Again, the text is called Bhakti Ras Amrita Sindhu, the ocean of the, the nectar ocean of uh, Bhakti Rasa. And um, I'm going to speak about the verse in terms of how it can be rendered most poetically and then play out the implications of the uh, of the poetry and the, the, the metaphor that he's um, um, using to actually describe Krishna as the source of everything, hmm? as the fountainhead of all avatars, and so on and so forth. So he says here, he concludes his verse, or begins it in Sanskrit, it ends, Bidur Jayati. Hmm? It said, Victory to the moon. Hmm? Victory to the moon, and here he means the full moon. Hmm? Glory to the to the to the full moon. What a what a what a wonderful thing it is. And uh, he's speaking about it here in a particular season, as we'll see. But in general, the full moon is very um, uh, very soothing. Hmm? It uh, uh, can. Uh, eradicate distress and create a happy, positive environment conducive to uh, things that only it is uh, conducive to with regard to the other other orb, for example, the sun, which lights the day. The moon just lights the night enough hmm, to create an enticing atmosphere for love is the idea. The sun doesn't have the same capacity to create atmosphere for love. None of the poets will write about the sun uh, with regard to love as they do the moon and the night and the stars. 
just enough light in the darkness hmm? Hmm. Um, to, as I say, to create an conducive environment for love. This is so moon has the capacity to create a positive uh, and pleasing atmosphere, environment, and it has the capacity to soothe the mind from, uh, from distress. Hmm? The darkness can sometimes bring some fear and distress, but when the full moon is up, then uh, those nights uh, you can get up in the night and walk to the bathroom without having to turn on the light. <laughs> Uh, and so forth. Uh, you can kind of see in the dark. So, it, it's, uh, it, it, so it has both sides, is the idea. Hmm? And, um, and of course, he's comparing Krishna to the moon, hmm? to the full moon, not to the sun. Hmm? Ramchandra appeared in the Surya dynasty, as they said, and Krishna in the, in the, in the lunar dynasty. Hmm? And he is the, uh, of course, the, uh, the many faces of love. The moon has many phases. What a thirty, I guess, is it that it goes through hmm? uh, every month. Kal, uh, the uh, hmm. Kal means also arts and so forth. So the, the moon is showing different phases of itself. It's uh, it's quite. Uh, uh, mystical. It's harder to predict. You know, you, does anybody know when the moon comes up and when it goes down? Everybody knows when the sun comes up and comes down. But the moon, yesterday it came up such, another day it's coming up, and it's a little harder to keep track of. It's a little more mystical in it, its, uh, its, its, its movements. Not that it can't be traced out and so forth, but I mean just by common observation. Sun is, of course, in other places and in other ways compared to God. <clears throat> Um, it's uh, so central to, to our, our day. If it didn't rise, then what? Hmm? Um, so uh, its importance is, 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 is immense to us. By the sun we get rain, which takes the waters, even the salty ones, and t- distills them, turns them into pure water, which rains down. It gives us vegetation and so forth, uh, growth, uh, food, uh, so the sun is miraculous in this way, and it's 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 like a source. So in some ways, Surya, Surya, not iron. Hmm? Not iron is compared to the sun, hmm? but Krishna is compared to the moon. <laughs> and, and, and one of the reasons is because the nature of the love we found, we find surrounding Krishna that defines him. This we call prema madhurya. We've been discussing about this. Surrounded by Prema Madhurya. So here we find the moon. We find also mention of certain stars and so forth. This is something about the uh, going in the direction of the Prema Madhurya. Hmm? Hmm? So Krishna Chandra, hmm? Kalchanji, hmm? these are names for Krishna. Uh, like the moon and like the full moon. He says here mm, that Akila Rasamrita Murti, glory to the moon that is the form of uh, uh, un, 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 uh, unlimited and com- complete Akila uh, Rasamrita, uh, 
nectar, hmm? juicy nectar, delicious nectar, he says. In the old times it was thought that the moon in India, the moon is made out of nectar. I don't think they really thought it was made out of nectar, but this is a poetic way, of, obviously, of speaking about it. Hmm? Like we used to say in America, it was made out of blue cheese. I don't think people really thought it was, but it would be worth going there if it was. Uh, <laughs> or if it was made of nectar, more so than rocks, at any rate, uh, that are said to have been gathered from there. <laughs> so, of course, all these texts, and they, they tend to speak, as I've said before, about the world, the objective world of matter in a poetic way. Hmm? Their main subject is not the objective world. The main subject is the subjective world of consciousness. And the main forces that they're interested in are dasyam, sakyam, vatsalyam, madhuryam, not gravity, electromagnetic force, strong and weak nuclear forces, and so forth, but love. Hmm? These types of love, these these bhavas, dasya bhav, sakya bhav, hmm? vatsalya bhav, madhurya bhava. Hmm? These are the forces of love that really do govern our lives, hmm? even materially speaking. They want to talk about them in terms of how they govern the life of our conscious source and how we can come into his orbit, so to speak, by coming under their influence in bhakti rasa. So here he says, glory to the moon, the full moon, that is just uh, it is the form, the murti, of complete liquid nectar. Amrit means nectar, and amrit means death. Amrit means Deathless. If you could drink a nectar and become deathless, this would be very marketable. Hmm? <laughs> and, and the news is, you can. There is such a nectar. Hmm? There is such a nectar, and it's uh, it's not it's not organic though. It's not natural. It's supernatural. <laughs> it's supernatural. No chemicals added, but it's not organic. Hmm? It's of another nature altogether. Hmm? <laughs> uh, he says here, uh, it is like it was, it's, it's thought that, um, that the moon gives rise to the taste in, in vegetables, it, 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 in fruits and so forth, in the crops. It governs the tides, the waters of the ocean. A certain face of the moon and the tide will recede, and the face of the moon and the, and the tide will uh, be high. Hmm? So the moving of the high and the low tides and so forth, this kind of motion hmm, of the waters. And then the body, our body, material body, is made primarily of, of water. Hmm? And so the moon is thought to have an effect on the tides of our body that press on our senses and make, that, that then in turn make demands upon us to interact with the world and so forth. Hmm? So some uh, uh, idea that the, the, the celestial bodies have some influence on our lives. This, these, these ideas have been thrown out in the modern society, hmm? uh, to some extent. They can't observe them. We say, how can you miss them? <laughs> um, uh, so again, it's, it, when we look at the world from the subjective point of view, we look at consciousness and then matter thereby, then we'll have a way of talking about matter that seems poetic and fanciful and mythological and so forth. But that talk is grounded in something very real, very substantial. Hmm? Hmm. Uh, consciousness, the ground of being, as I said earlier, that which gives matter meaning. 
if matter mattered independently of consciousness, who would know about it? Who, who would care about it? Consciousness is the knower, the carer, the feeler, hmm? the experiencer. Hmm? It may be difficult to define it, because it's not like anything else of the, of the objective world. Hmm? That doesn't make it any less important, it makes it more important. It means to say that it's not part of the objective world, the natural world. It's supernatural. Hmm? It has nothing to do with biological death, which is part of the organic natural world. Hmm? Go there, go within the self. Hmm? What possibilities lie there? Hmm? That's what this book is about. Not just the fact that there's a difference between you and matter, but what possibilities lie within the difference in the world of consciousness. Hmm? So as the moon hmm, is full of, as it's described, rasa, rasa means taste, amrit, the taste, the full form of complete taste. Uh, so the moon is a nice uh, metaphor for this, as it was thought in the olden world to be in charge of the tastes hmm, and the liquids and uh, having an influence over them and so forth. Again, that's why they thought the moon is liquid. It's just, it just might melt. And, uh, uh, and of course, this then is a metaphor, as we say, to describe Krishna. Akila rasamritamurti. He is the very form of rasa. Hmm? And the full form, akila, hmm? rasamritam. Hmm? And by drinking deep the nectar, the immortal nectar of topics about Krishna, Hmm? The commodity is available. By drinking deep from that, hmm? immortality, you will experience immortality and much more. Hmm? In the Taitare Upanishad, Shruti, it is said, Rasavavaisa, this is in the, in the Ananda Bali of the Taitare Upanishad, the Bali, the chapter about Ananda. Hmm? It concludes with this statement, Rasavavaisa, and an afterthought. It says, Brahman is rasa. And then it says, and you can experience rasa. You can experience Brahman in this form. Hmm? There's a way to do that. Hmm? Now here in the text, Rupa Goswami is identifying what is the form of rasa? What is the form of rasa that Brahman takes hmm? that constitutes the full form of, of Brahman? That Satchitananda Rupaya such an anandabhigraha, hmm? the form of eternity, knowledge, and bliss, a condensed form of eternity, knowledge, and bliss that has the capacity to, for, to, to reciprocate in love. Hmm? Hmm. He's, def- he's identifying here. Krishna is what the Taitareya Upanishad is talking about when it says Brahman is rasa. He is the very form of rasa hmm? and the full form of rasa, hmm? like the full moon. Hmm? And then, of course, he wants to give some support to that. Hmm? So, well, I should say the commentators, his nephew, Shijiva Goswami, I cited earlier, wants to give some support to this. Rupa Goswami just writing this verse in ecstasy. Hmm? Before he goes into a more theological and philosophical mode of thinking, hmm? which he sorts out 
all of the, uh, the, uh, the, the rasa theology and philosophy. Hmm? Before that, uh, and, and in there he will take an objective stance. He will remove himself from his own bhava and write about all the different possible bhavas and ecstasies that one can experience in relation to the full form of rasa, ananda, krishna. Hmm? In great detail and complexity, it's a very extraordinary. I uh, made it kind of like a scientific approach to what is bhakti. What it, and bhakti means love, uh, devotion. And you think, well, you know, well, you could write about it, you know, but what is it? In that kind of detail, he's done a very extraordinary, uh, made a very extraordinary contribution to human society by uh, penning this book, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. Hmm? And so, but in the first verse here, he's not removed. Uh, he's not in a, he's not in a tastavichar, in a neutral position. Mm. Uh, removed from his ecstasy to write about it in, in some detail. His, his full ecstasy is here. We are fine here in this verse. And then he, in the sequel to this book, uh, Ujbal Nilmani, he goes and develops this idea. Here he's talking about Krishna's the full form of rasa and the full form of rasa takes the shape of Madhurdha or Sringar, hmm? means romantic love, romantic love with Bhagwan, with the Absolute. Hmm? So he says what? Again, following the metaphor, the moon, glory to the full moon, that destroys distress and creates a very friendly and uh, conducive environment for love, a very pleasing environment in the night. Uh, uh, it is the form of, 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 of immortal nectar, hmm? the full form of that. And prasrishrama ruchi, it spreads its rays out, uh, very tasty hmm, rays out um, everywhere. Hmm? Uh, uh, the moon and its shine, moonshine, it's intoxicating. Hmm? Hmm. That's that self-brood. Uh, uh, this is very special, hmm. intoxicating uh, beverage. You've got to make it during one of the moonshines only, not in the daytime. Hmm. Yes, sun is an orb, but as I was saying, it sometimes represents God. We say Surya Narayan, but Krishna is a moon. This is different. And Krishna is is Narayan intoxicated, hmm? <laughs> intoxicated by love, forgetful of himself, hmm? that he's God, lost in love of his devotees. Now they're brought into the picture here, this Prema Madhuri that he's surrounded by. It says this moon sends its rays out everywhere, hmm? Rudha Tarakapali. Hmm? He says, oh, it, 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 uh, the moon shine is full moon is bright and it 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 uh, it, it subjugates the stars. Tarakapali means the stars, uh, uh, but he's speaking about certain constellations. It's said that in the Brajlila of Krishna, that the parents of all the daughters, the milkmaidens, had uh, a practice of naming their daughters after the wives of Daksha, hmm, that are represented. In the, as the different constellations, and uh, that the moon you know, f uh, interacts with through its different phases every month, it goes through all of them. Of course, it only goes through one of them 
every you know every full moon only gets one. <laughs> uh, they only get one constellation gets the full moon once a month. But he goes he goes through all of them. So we find the names of the principal um, Braj Gopis also here represented in the text. Taraka, Pali. These are certain types of Gopis. Hmm? Have a relationship with Krishna that's mm, a little bit competitive uh, or neutral or competitive with. Uh, his uh, 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 Radha's love for him. Here it says, he subjugates them. Hmm? He subjugates them. Hmm? He controls them. Hmm? Um, he outshines them, so to speak. Hmm? Then, Kalita Shama Lalito. Then, Kalita means absorbed or mixes with. Hmm? Lalita Sham means the playful night. He mixes with, the moon mixes with the playful night. Hmm? That kind of like brings him out a little bit, hmm? mixing it up with the, with the blackness of the night and so forth. Hmm? Hmm? So these are other types of gopis represented here whom we, who have a, uh, some friendly relationship with, with, uh, with, with Radha and may he may consort directly with them, hmm? Lalita, Sham, Shamala, hmm? and uh, Radha Prayan. Hmm? And then, then uh, there in the month, of, in the spring month, the vernal month. This is this is the full moon he's talking about. The spring moon, kind of the romantic moon. It enters into the constellation of Vishaka when it's full. Hmm? This is Radha Prayan. Vishaka is another name for, for Radha. Hmm? And there's a difference here. Hmm? Here, he sa- while he, 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 he gives some attention to Palika, Pali and Taraka and subjugates them, he interacts with Lalita and Shama in a certain way, and they draw rasa from him. They draw taste from him. The thing now, now it is being reversed with regard to Radha, Radha Prayan. He and he gets energy when the full moon enters into the constellation of Vishaka. In the month of spring, he looks more beautiful than any other month that he's full. So this is the idea. So that he is next to Radha, he's nourished. This is a very extraordinary idea. Let us go back, however, for a moment to the idea that he's Akila Rasamritamurti and some support for that. That he's the very full form of rasa. There's a famous statement in Bhagavat that Jiva Goswami cites: <clears throat> Malanam uh, Ashair um, <clears throat> Rinam Narabara Strinam uh, Smaro Murtiman. This is a uh, when Krishna just steps out of the Braj and enters into the city of Mathura to kill Kamsa, kill Kamsa who had imprisoned Devaki. And and uh, and Vasudev, his father and mother, there he was born in the prison. Hmm? That's one one of the stories, anyway. Born in the prison house of Kamsa, uh, and the Kamsa, the evil Kamsa, then sent so many made so many attempts to kill the child in the village, sending so many mystic uh, yogis with, with demonic uh, missions and so on and so forth. Now Krishna's just become about 11 years old, a little, little mature for his age, hmm, given his romanticism and so forth. And there he's entering into the city, along with his brother Balaram. And where? 
into the wrestling arena that comes has arranged. Hmm? Comes the stride. We, we hear the different uh, attempts to kill Krishna in, in, in Mathura on the part of these different uh, yogis and so forth. And they had powerful shapes that they took and different strategies to try to deal with him and so forth. And all of them, all of them were doing the, the bidding of Kamsa. So what is the power of this Kamsa? Hmm? And, and so Kamsa, when all attempts failed, he sends a message. Bring those boys, Krishna and Ram, bring them here. We're going to have a wrestling match. And I heard they're pretty good at wrestling. Hmm? Um, as, as, as boys may do. And so bring them in and we'll have a wrestling match and the whole uh, the community can, can watch and so forth. So they come, of course, marching into Matura, causing a, a big... Uh, commotion and so forth, and, uh, and uh, entering the wrestling arena. When they enter the wrestling arena, then beautiful description of this comes. And in this description, I've just cited part of Malanamasana. Uh, it is mentioned, Oh, to the wrestlers, he appeared like a lightning bolt. Hmm? Very soft and tender, Krishna. It's said that if you touch his skin, it will change colors. Hmm? His dark skin will turn white just by touching it for a moment. Hmm? But he appeared like a hard body to these wrestlers, hmm? or you know, very muscular and, and so forth. Hmm? He appeared like like a lightning bolt. In relation to him, they experienced the abbas, the shadow of birarasa, hmm? fighting rasa. Hmm? They couldn't ex- taste actual rasa because, in order to taste rasa, bhakti rasa, one has to have Krishnanushilanam. Hmm? Anukul, Anukulena Krishna, Anushimam. Favorable wanting to please Krishna. They didn't want to please Krishna. They wanted to fight with him. They tasted an abbas of Birarasa. But the point is that the capacity to reciprocate in Birarasa, that is also found in Krishna. Hmm? The heroic rasa. There are different types of Dhanavir, um, what are the other ones? Dharmavir, Yudhavira, different types of Birarasa. You see, it's a great science of love, all the nuanced sentiments and emotions and so forth that we even have experience of in human life, how to experience them in relation to the absolute. Very extraordinary idea. Then, then the general people who were attending, they saw him, Rinam, Naravaram, these people saw him as the best of persons. Hmm? They experienced Bishmaya, Bishmaya, Chamatkar, amazement, astonishment. Uh, this is another rasa. Hmm? Uh, and then he mentions uh, Strinam, Smaro, Murtiman, the ladies, hmm? those damsels, three, they, they saw him as Murtiman. That means like the full form of Cupid. Hmm? And the word Murtiman is very significant here because it wants to say in this Bhagavad verse hmm, as well that this experience of the gopis, this is the full form of Krishna. Hmm? When, they, when, they, when he's seen as Cupid personified, the transcendental Cupid, who has the power, this is the whole Rasalila, it's called Kamvijai. Kamvijai, Kam means lust. Cupid, who has those arrows, and he shoots you with the arrow, and then, oh, it's, it's all over, and you've fallen in love, and so forth. And so, this Rasalila, for example, and that's the height of Krishna Lila. It takes place 
in the night with the full moon. As all the setting for Cupid is just like a no-brainer for Cupid. Young girls and a young boy meeting in the forest. Cupid goes there, it's a no-brainer. He's going to just, you know, attract them to one another in the way that lust does, hmm? by shooting his arrows. And the whole Leela is called Kambijai because what happens is Cupid gets defeated, defeated hmm? by the transcendental Cupid, hmm? Krishna, hmm? who turns, can even turn lust into love, hmm? transform it, something like that. Hmm? Um, <clears throat> so this is the full form. Hmm? Uh, of, of rasa. The verse goes on to explain how different people saw him in, 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 in different lights and all of the twelve, five primary and seven secondary rasas are all included. In the wrestling arena, different people all saw him from different angles and thus they saw he was rasamritamurti, the full form of rasa. In other words, in relation to him, this form of Bhagwan, all the different uh, sentiments of, uh, that have the capacity to afford rasa, which is like this, considered to be the soul of poetry, the soul of the art, the soul of drama. In other words, when you sit in a drama and you watch the drama, you're transported beyond your experience of sitting in the seat into the drama itself, and you're fearful, and you're laughing, and you're, so you're taken beyond yourself in, in, in a sense. And so there's a sense of how one can be transported into an emotional experience in relation to the arts that's called rasa. Oh, he's, he's, he hit such a, such a, a poetic uh, space. And it's different ingredients are all have to be in place, different um, um, elements, elemental constituents of, of rasa. Now, this is all the secular theory of rasa with regard to the arts. Hmm? And it would appear that the author of this book, Rupa Goswami, has ad adopted that secular system of art and drama and so forth as a language to speak about Krishna hmm? and give us some handles to talk about him. But this is not the case, actually. Hmm? Yes, the Bhagavad in the Leela shows that Krishna is the full form of rasa. Hmm? It means all possibilities of love Loving exchange can be experienced in relation to him and transcend it. It's not in relation to Narayan, his own avatar, forearmed and so forth. There you can have reverential love. You can serve in awe and reverence, but you can't kiss him. Hmm? You can't slap him on the back. Hey, Narayan. Is Om Narayan. This is the bhava there. Om Narayan. Hmm? With Krishna, we see all the sentiments. We see Krishna's friends, cowherds, wrestling him to the ground. Hmm? This is called yudhavira, hmm? mock fighting, mock heroism, as young boys will do, wrestling him to the ground and winning. Hmm? This is Krishna's Bhagavan. He's forgot that he's God. Hmm? By the force of their love, he's creating an intimacy, the possibility of intimacy. Hmm? So... What do I mean by this? That Rupa Goswami did not take from the secular Ras theory and use that theory to explain uh, how Brahman is Rasa and so forth and this book following that. No. Hmm? It's the other way around. Sri Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur has given a nice commentary on the opening stanza of Srimad Bhagavatam. Janmadhyasyayataha anbayadi tarata cha arveshu abhignasara tene brahmarudayadi kabhiyay muhyanti yatsurayo. 
Tejo varimadam mitabinimayo yatati sargo mrsha. Tamma svena sadhanarasta. Kuakam satyam param dhimahi. So many meanings can be drawn from this. So many meanings. Relative to our discussion, though, a very nice meaning has been drawn by Sri Vishwanath Chakrabarti Thakur. He says, Janmadhyasya. Janmadhyasya. He says, this means that Satyam Param Dimahi. He says, the verse is, let us meditate on Satyam Param. Let us do Dimahi on Satyam Param, the supreme truth, the highest truth. And then the verse goes on to describe him. What is that highest truth? He says, Adi Janmadhyasya. Normally, in a general sense, it means Janma Adi Asya, that from whom everything comes. Janma Adi means the, the, the world ensues from, hmm? from Brahman, that from whom the world comes, by whom the world is maintained, and by whom the world is again drawn within. Janma Adi means it's, it's manifest, etc., Etc. means maintained and withdrawn back within. Janmadiyasya, this book is about uh, this person. But he says, yeah, there's another way of looking at that here. Hmm? It says, let us meditate on the supreme absolute truth, who's the origin, who's the janma, the, the birth, the origin of the original, uh, original rasa, which is really what the world is about. The world is about rasa. The world is about aesthetic experience. Hmm? Just like, um, you know, if you now it's the baseball season, so if you go to the baseball park and it's the ninth inning, two outs, bases are loaded, hmm, and the team's got to win three balls and two strikes, and everybody's on the edge of the seat now, what will happen? And the pitch comes, and the bat goes and hits the ball, and it goes out of the park and so forth. And nobody's interested in... That's all maybe afterwards, some talk that gets a little boring, but uh, how fast was the ball going? How fast was the bat going? What point the ball hit the bat? And what was the result and tra resultant trajectory? What was its arc? How far did it go? And so forth. <laughs> this, is, this is what really happened, right? Hmm? Isn't that what really happened? Just like I've given another example, Bhagavatam says, Ayur Harati Vaipum Sam Yanaso. The sun is rising and setting, moving across the sky. With every rising and setting of the sun, your life is being taken away. And somebody says, Swami, <coughs> I hate to inform you, it's a little embarrassing, but the sun is really not flying across the sky like that, rising and setting. What's really happening is the earth is turning like this. That's what's really happening. Hmm? And we say, no, what's really happening is you're dying. And that's what's really happening. And that's what the verse is saying poetically. Say, look at the world poetically and see what it says to you. The sun is flying across the sky and taking away your life as you know it with every rising and setting. It says, except for one person. Who's that? who's always talking about the poetically about Krishna. Hmm? Poetry is, is not a, a lesser way of explaining things, hmm? a, a less profound, less, less exact way of... No. The point is, <laughs> everything is bigger than it seems. 
There's more to life than what meets the eye and the mind. To try to talk about the more that is the subjective reality, consciousness, can't be measured. Again, it's the measurer. How can the ruler measure itself? How can that which measures consciousness and gives value, how can it be measured? It's immeasurable. We can't get too exact there, but we want to go there. You can't get a grip on that. You can't control that entirely. In the fist of your intellect, I've got it. That's it. No, it's bigger, and that's exciting, and so forth. So so we're not interested in how the bat was swung and what the speed the ball hit it. We're just interested in it's a home run. It's like it means you know they won, and everybody's off their seats, and the emotive experience of the whole this is the idea of rasa. We're living for rasa, not for all these scientific details of how it all works. That's not how it works. Hmm? That's not what animates us, makes us move, makes our lives worth living, makes us get up in the morning. We're being driven, we're moving for taste, for rasa, for love. Hmm? So he says, the world, that from which the origin of love comes. Hmm? That's also whom the world comes from, but we're also defining what the world is about at the same time. That from which the original rasa comes. Hmm? This is the madhurya, this romantic rasa. He said, that from which all of the sentiments are coming from this, hmm? found within it and so forth. He says, janmadhyasyataha. He says, in a couple of verses after, there are three introductory verses to the Bhagavatam. This is the first. The third one says what? Pibhata Bhagavatam rasam malayam. Muhuraho rasika bubi bhavaka pibata bhagavatam rasam alayam. It says this book is the scriptural form of rasa. We've heard from the Upanishad that rasa vaisa brahman is rasa. Here's this this book is the scriptural form of rasa. Hmm? It's the book form of rasa. Hmm? Pibata bhagavatam rasam alayam. It said what you should do with this book is drink it, it said. Drink the book. Hmm? Falam. It's, it's from the tree of the Vedic wisdom, but it's the ripened fruit of the tree. And it's galitam falam. It's, it's ripe and it's fallen at the base of the tree. So easy to go and get. Hmm? Go, it says. Pick it up and drink it. Drink the fruit. It has no pit. It has no skin. It's just pure fruit. Hmm? And what will happen to you? You'll pass out. Hmm? You will pass out. Uh, Krishna has passed out. This is, means Brahman passed out. Hmm? He's taking the elixir of rasa. Hmm? And you'll pass out. And you'll wake up, and what to do then? He says, take it again, drink it again. Drink that moonshine. And keep drinking it. That's an advocacy to become mad like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in ecstasy. Looks frightening on the outside. Krishna preme charit. But inside is full of ananda. This is the wonderful character of Prem. A little deceiving. Love hides itself. You have to study these books very carefully to see what they're saying. 
You get a glimpse through the, through the sadhu's explanation. You want to go in there. Hmm? An opening. Hmm? What, what's contained in there? This book of nectar book, rasa book, the, form, the book form of rasa. So he says, because the third verse says this book is about rasa, then we can understand janmadyasya, adyasya, rasasya. He says, this book is about the adirasa. Hmm? And the next line comes, janmadyasya yataha anvayad itarata cha arteshu. Hmm. Cha arteshu hmm. itara anvayad. Directly, indirectly, he says, the nature of this adirasa, in fact, is being described here. The manner in which it works is like this. It comes and goes. Union and separation. Coming together, she loves me, she loves me not. Krishna's holding the clover. She loves me, she loves me not. She loves me, she loves me. His friend Subal has to say, she loves you. Radhe, Radhe. And he gets some encouragement. In love there's meeting and there's separation. Hmm? Hmm? But this does not take away from it. This is, this is, what, this is, this is how it works. Like a, like a river that has two banks. Hmm? Like the ocean that has the high and the low tide. There's the high tide of union and the low tide of separation, the dark night of the soul, longing that makes the heart grow fonder. Hmm? So the Leela moves in this way. Hmm? We talked about the idea, Krishna went outside of Vrindavan and appears to kill Kamsa. Hmm? Everybody's going to cheer for that, but some people aren't cheering. Hmm? All these gopis, they're not cheering for that. Hmm? In fact, they lay themselves in front of the chariot. I said, you'll have to kill me to go to, uh, to leave. Hmm? They had to be dragged away. Hmm? That another Leela hmm, could be performed, the killing of Kamsa and, 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 and tending to the hearts of the devotees there. But the love of the inhabitants of Mardabhan in his absence is so great that we know, as I said earlier, he's more present there in his apparent absence than he is present in Mathura and killing Kamsa which you have to pay attention to, 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 to that. He was a big, uh, a big demon. <laughs> but his mind is not there. Hmm? It's somewhere else. Hmm? The full Krishna, the full rasa, Akila rasa Murti, he's in the Vrindavan. He's the source of everything. He's the controller of everything. And, and as I said earlier, the more one controls by love, the more one appears to be not a controller. The more the controlling is overt, physical, mental, the more it appears a person is a controller. When we control by love, it's effortless. This is thus Krishna's experience and depicted in this way. Simple coward villager. So he goes on, Vishvanachakritakura. What? Now, if we have to describe rasa, then we have to have the. The Vishayalambana, the object of love, the perfect hero. Arteshu Abhigna, Swarat. Abhigna. Abhigna means, oh, he's a genius. A genius in art, the art of love. He knows all the 64 arts of love. He's the complete Lila Purushottam. Most charming, divine person, the perfect hero. There's 94 types of heroes described in Ras Shastra. Uh, I think it's 94. Is it 94? And 
94. And, and if you, and you, Rupa Goswami's Ujjbal Nilamani, the sequel to this book, goes through them all and shows that Krishna is represented par partially in all of those hero types. Hmm? But Krishna is, f all of them are fully present in Krishna. So he's the perfect hero. There's the hero and the heroine. Hmm? And he's the perfect hero, the perfect object of love. He shows it aesthetically hmm? from this, if you will, science of rasa that, as I said earlier, appears to be, have a secular beginning and that Rupa Goswami has used this to, to speak about the Absolute to give us a handle. But as we hear from Vishwanath in his explanation of this verse of the Bhagavatam, the first verse that I'm explaining, he says, no, Krishna is the perfect hero and he's Swarat. Swarat means independent, means he's not a material hero hmm, who's going to die. No, he's independent. He's Sat, all-pervading, hmm, real, constitutive consciousness, cannot die. Hmm? He's the real hero of rasa, which is one in a sense, bhakti rasa. And he says, Tene Brahma And the original Kavi, Bhartamuni, hmm, who is the founder, so to speak, the founding father of the uh, uh, literature in India on aesthetics, on drama, and poetry, and so on, all the rules, and so forth, and how to e express in the art different sentiments, and so forth, and explaining the soul of, 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 of the arts as rasa, and so forth. He says, Vishwana says, Tene Brahmaridadikoviye. Hmm? And this Swarat, this perfect hero, Krishna, Abhigya hmm? Swarat, Tene Brahma, he infused into the heart of Bharat Muni this Brahman. This Brahman that is rasa. Hmm? He infused it into his heart, but it's a very esoteric thing, this bhakti rasa. It makes self-realization look small. Hmm? It makes union with Brahman to be a, a, an insignificant thing in comparison. Hmm? It, makes the, it makes the dutiful and reverential love of Narayan pale in comparison. Hmm? This Krishna bhakti rasa that Bhagavat is about, that, 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 that Krishna is the full form of. Hmm? So he says, it's a, very, uh, it's, it's a very high thing and a little hard for Bharat to digest. Hmm? He gave it to the big poet, the big Kavi, the original Kavi. And then the secular poets took a hold of that and they, they misunderstood the thing and they posited material heroes and so Muyanti Yatsurai. They were good people, pious, but they became bewildered by this. What is bhakti rasa? They misconstrued it in a whole science of secular rasa manifest. Hmm? This is only the distortion of bhakti rasa hmm? based on Bhagavatam. Jiva Goswami's commentary says he is explaining science of rasa based on Bhagavatam, not based on Bharata Muni hmm? or any of the secular uh, uh, poets and uh, uh, dramatists and so forth in the theater. No. Hmm? This is the Adi Rasa. This is, this is, he says, Tejo Varimidam Mitavinimayo, Yatatrisargo Mrisha, Tejo Varimidam. It's just, just like this. Hmm. Bhagavad says, Tejo Varimidam, Tejo Varimidam, means earth, water, fire, and Tejo Varimidam Mitavinimayo. Hmm? Sometimes, when you're, for example, you're driving on a road on a hot day and you look ahead, hmm? the ground 
starts to look like water. You ever have that experience? So the earth turns into water. Hmm? Fire turns into water. Water into fire and so forth. He's, and this is the whole of material existence. These elements being mixed up by the influence of the gunas, constantly transforming. It's like a magic show. You can never get your feet on the ground exactly. Hmm? As bewildering as material existence is, so in another way this bhakti rasa is bewildering. And they were confused about it. What is bhakti rasa? They confused it and wrote about it in a secular way, positing secular heroes from which you can get no rasa but vibhatsa. Hmm? Disappointment, disgust, because it all ends in the least. Hmm? The heroes are not swarat there. They're not independent. Hmm? They're not transcendent. They're not constituted of consciousness. It says, however... This bhakti rasa is not like that. Hmm? It's amrish. Amrit means it's, it's eternal. It's real. It's not false like the material rasa. Hmm? If it's centered on Krishna, it has, it, it, it has currency, it has value, enduring, it's relating to the atma and its possibility, its potential, not to the body of flesh and bone and so forth and so on. Hmm? Arts may be the upper end of material life, but Mahaprabhu said, Kavitamba, Nadanam Najanam Nasundarim, Kavitamba. Even this we don't care for. Mahaprabhu's not saying, well, we really like the secular rasa. He's saying, Kavitamba. Hmm? Kavitam means poetry. And that's also, I'm not interested in this. I'm interested in bhakti. Mama Janmil Janmanishwari, Babatat Bhakti, Rahaituki, Tahi. I'm steeped in this bhakti rasa. And it's making the problem of birth and death evaporate for me. Evaporate. Hmm? I am not even working consciously to overcome it. It's just evaporating. It's not. A, it's a non-issue anymore. Tejo varimidam yata vinimayo yata trisar gomrisha dhamna sena sada nirasta kuhakam satyam param timahi. He says, kuhakam satyam kuhakam. Some people may be bewildered about this. They may not accept this and so forth. But we don't care for that, he said. Let, if they would taste... Hmm? Dhamna Svena, the extraordinary Dhamna, the, 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 the light of Rasa. They, exp- they come in the light of this Rasa, they experience this, they'll be finished. Hmm? Hmm. In this way he says, hmm? there's something called Bhakti Rasa, hmm? and this is real. Hmm? This is real love, centered on Bhagwan in the form of Bhagwan that's most complete in terms of being able to reciprocate in, in bhakti-rasa, in loving dealing, this is Krishna. Hmm? And the most complete form of that reciprocation takes the shape of his romantic dealing with all these milkmaidens, and amongst them primarily, Sri Radhika. Radhika, Radhaprayan. Hmm? This is a very extraordinary idea because he is the perfect object of love. So in rasa, in bhakti-rasa, the devotees all repose their love in Krishna and Krishna reciprocates and they become nourished thereby. Hmm? But we find an extraordinary instance in relation to Radha wherein Krishna's love becomes nourished in relation to her rather than her love being nourished in relation to him. Hmm? This is very, we call this what? Babulasa. Hmm? Babulasa, 
There's a nice idea that comes later in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu where the stai bhavs are described. Hmm? Dominant emotions of love, this bhava, that bhava, vatsalya, dasya, sakya, and so forth. The question comes, you've been talking about rasa all this time, and it's all God-centered. Hmm? So all the devotees have their love centered on God, but how do the devotees feel towards one another? What's that? I say, oh, that's a very nice thing. We call that suhritrati. Hmm? It is a sanchari. It is a kind of love that augments their dominant emotion for Krishna. Hmm? It says some devotees, they love Krishna and they love their friend a little bit less than Krishna. Some devotees love Krishna and their friend equally. Hmm? He said in both these instances, we call it suhritrati, hmm? love of the friend. And that love of the friend, hmm, the other devotee, nourishes one's love for Krishna, fosters it, hmm, augments it, and so forth. Hmm? Very nice. He said, but then there's another instance. Hmm? And we have a separate name for that. It's very extraordinary. Hmm? And that is, when the love of the friend, love of the friend, the devotee loves the friend, more than Krishna. We think, how is that possible? <laughs> Krishna is the perfect object of love. How they will love the friend, other devotee, more than Krishna. What kind of devotee is that? Hmm? Maybe different ways to think about that, but the primary way in which the Sampradayas thought about it, of course, is, oh, hmm? love for that friend. Hmm? Described here, Radha, Prayan. That Bishaka constellation, that when the moon in the full, in the full moon in the spring comes into, he looks better. Hmm? as a result of Bishaka, as a result of Radha's influence. As Prabhupada used to say, Krishna, well, he's not that beautiful, particularly, hmm? by himself, but when he's standing next to Radha, oh, then he's very charming. Hmm? What she brings out in him. Hmm? You have the experience, right? <laughs> what, 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 your, what your wife brings out in you. What you're really like, unfortunately. <laughs> so, but what Krishna's really like, she's bringing that out. <clears throat> she's shedding light on that. He is Devasya, the playful Krishna in his Leela. And she is Bhargo that shines light on that. She shines light in that. He's dancing only by her influence. Hmm? Brahman is everywhere, as I said before. How can it move? Hmm? And Krishna is Param Brahma, and he's moving and dancing. How can something that's everywhere move? Uh, talk to Radha. Hmm? That's how. Hmm? Under that influence, that Shakti. Radha Krishna Pranai. Brikriti Ladini Shakti Rasmad. And that Ladini Shakti, that, that power hmm, of love that causes the Brahman to move, is the dancing god that Nietzsche looked for and, and, and couldn't find. Hmm? Hmm? We found him. Rupa Goswami found him, wants to share him with us. Hmm? And you can come under that influence. You can, you can have that kind of experience. Hmm? What is that? Even nourishing Krishna. Hmm? He's Rupa Goswami. We call that Babalasa. That's an extraordinary thing. Hmm? What it is exactly? We just call it Babalasa. The ulas of Bhava, the, 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 such a uh, height of Bhava. Radha's 
Prem for Krishna that he's deriving nourishment from. It's a reverse. Hmm? This is what's described here in this verse. Hmm? When the moon comes in into the spring full in the constellation of Bishaka, it looks like no other moon. I guess that's a blue moon. Hmm? This is once in a blue moon. He gets extra big. Hmm? Extra big. <laughs> extra big. <laughs> this is how they... This is how they saw that through the eyes. This is how they looked at the world. What a nice way to look at the world. Hmm? Hmm? You see, Bhagavatam will speak about the natural world, but only in such a way that it becomes a meditation upon the Absolute. Only in such a way that it fosters the, the, the promotion of the of experience of our subjective uh, uh, consciousness Reality. It says that there's nothing to be found in matter. There's nothing to be found. There's no juice there. There's no rasa there. Hmm? You have some capacity for rasa. We just have to bring you in touch with rasamrita, murti, the very form of that. Bringing in touch with that. This is the idea of guru. Guru helps us to come in touch with that. Find a way hmm? to forge that uh, that uh, uh, that relationship. Hmm? So valuable to us. In this way, Rupa Goswami has described how Krishna is Swayam Bhagavan. In other words, he's saying, well, here is the form of Bhagavan in which all types of loving tastes, bhavas, can be experienced. Hmm? What kind of bhava we'll experience in relation to Narayan? What kind of bhava we'll experience in relation to uh, Shiva, Devi? Hmm? Something. Hmm? Now we look at Krishna, we see all the bhavas that are possible in relation to him, all those ecstasies. Hmm? It's not possible with anyone else. Now that they claim it themselves. Hmm? That's why, if you study carefully, you will see all the gods and goddesses in the Hindu pantheon will be most pleased if you talk about them in the way I'm talking about Krishna, themselves in relation to Krishna. Ekala Ishwar Krishna Arsabhritya, that's a fact. Ekala Ishwar Arsabhritya. Krishna is the one. Hmm? And everyone loves to serve him. <laughs> even Narayan. Hmm? And there's examples in the Bhagavati. Even Shiva, Devi. This is, this is uh, because he is Rasamritam, Murti. Hmm? So this is another way, as I say, of speaking about how all possibilities, all possibilities of divinity that may be in, 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 enshrined in one manifestation, a particular possibility, and in another, in the Buddha, the wisdom, in the Christ, the sacrificing, and so forth. In Krishna, all these, and something else as well. This is the very heart. It's very hard to get around this point. That Krishna represents the heart of divinity, not the head, not the arms, not the feet, the heart. Get the heart, you've got everything. Hmm? Heart is the whole thing. Capture the heart. And the arms and the legs and the head will all follow accordingly. What's in your heart, the head follows that. The arms follow that. The legs follow that. Hmm? So talk about Krishna. When you, you, everything would be captivated. Hmm? All of the energy of the body, stemming, depending on, derived from, the heart, the healthy function of the heart. So when speaking about the divinity, there are many ways to speak about the divinity, but this way is to speak about its heart, the very love life of the absolute, charm, beauty. This is how he rules. Hmm? 
You understand? This is how he is, why he Ishvara Parama. What is a more powerful way to rule by? By Brahma's four heads, pretty good management, watching you from all sides, by Shiva's meditation, hmm? transcends the world, no more problem. Hmm? That's a way of controlling it. Krishna's controlling it in another way, by affection, by love. Hmm? And with kirtan, we'll do kirtan. Krishna's the one who asks for kirtan. Shiva doesn't ask for kirtan. Hmm? Indra doesn't ask for kirtan. Ganesh doesn't ask for any kirtan. Ganesh doesn't say, just chant my name and I'll be there. That was sung for Krishna. That song came, was a, no one wrote that number one hit or whatever. Just call my name and I'll be there. He was inspired. <laughs> Where's that coming from? Ganesh doesn't say that. Why should we think that he'll be there? Shiva doesn't say it. Devi doesn't say that. Krishna says that. Satatam kirtayanto mam. He says, about my devotees, this is what they do. This is the Gita. They're always chanting about me. Naham vaikunta tishtami. I'm not in vaikunta. Yoginam hridayeshu va. Neither am in the hearts of the yogis. Narada. Yatra gayantri madbhakta. Wherever my devotees are chanting about me, I'm there. I'm there. I'm done. That's it. This is, this is love, isn't it? This is, so if you want to express love in the shower, chanting, whatever and so forth. Hmm? You have to have a suitable object for that. Hmm? That will reciprocate accordingly. Krishna is such an object, transcendental object. He is the consciousness significant other. Hmm? Any question? Yes? Towards, towards the objects of Radha and Krishna. Krishna's mind. That is Prem, Mamata, minus. Not minus, minus. Hmm? Minus, minus. Prem is characterized like this, Mamata. That feeling of minus, in other words, the self can extend itself into things by that my. Hmm? It has this capacity. When it's extended into Krishna, at a certain point, it reaches a certain pitch. One feels Krishna's mind. Hmm? This is the Braj, this is Brajbasis. They don't think Krishna is God. They think Narayan is God. Hmm? Their love, they think Krishna is ours. He's one of us. Hmm? Village people, cowherd people. That's who he is. Oh, they say he's God. Yogis and people like that. But, but we know better. He's just like I mean. Does God complain and steal butter? Is God a thief? Hmm? Does he cry out and, and, and so forth? Can you wrestle God to the ground? Hmm? Is, is God worried about his love life? This, I mean, they've made a good presentation. They said he's God and so forth. But when we look at it, you know, he lives with us. We know better. Hmm? He's not God. Maybe God works through him sometimes and does some miraculous things. That, that's one thing. But uh, it's kind of interesting. But, but, but he's ours. He's one of us. This is our life. This is how, this is how they feel. This is Vrindavan. This is divine ignorance. Hmm? The godhood of Krishna is suppressed by the power of the bhakti. Hmm? And he looks like one of them. If the finite and the infinite are to come close, the infinite is going to have to take on a finite-like 
appearance in order for that intimacy to be possible. Because if you knew you were sitting next to the infinite, you'd slip back a bit. <laughs> you'd go, oh my God. Hmm. So, the, the, so the, the force of the desire for intimacy with the Absolute, such union with God, like the union of a young girl for a young boy, driven as she is by that, whatever obstacles you put in the way, just make it inflame the love that much more. Hmm? This kind of passion for God, hmm? this is what we find in Vrindavan. And there we find Satchitananda taking a shape hmm? that you can reciprocate with. And in th that, that eternity, knowledge, and bliss in form appears like one of us, hmm? creating an environment that facilitates intimacy, that makes other other kind of experiences of God un undesirable by comparison and, 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 and the denial that Krishna is God. Even Krishna denies that he's God. Hmm? Really? Are they saying that about me? I'm just a cowherd and they say that about me. How can that be? Hmm? So the question is, in one sense, which is he more? Is he actually God or is he actually the son of Ishoda? the friend of Subal, the lover of Radha, which is he more? Hmm? Well, who do we think? We have our opinion on that. No, he's more, hmm? the more, the more about God will be experienced, but if you love me, then to know, know, know me is to, that's an old talk, love, love, love me. Hmm? Very old. <laughs> uh, so to know him is to to, to love him. To, to love him is to know him. This is the idea. So those who love him the most, they know most what he is, and they say he's not what other people say he is. <laughs> he's not that big guy up there in the sky. No, he's one of us. Hmm? This is the this this is an extraordinary realm of transcendent uh, loving exchange with the absolute. We call it Vrindavan. It's called Prem. Prema Madhurya minus. He belongs to us. He's ours. Hmm. Prabhupada went to London and he got a deity of Radha and Krishna and he called the deity London Ishwar. Hmm. Another uh, Gaudiya teacher thoughtfully said, well, that's kind of a lower name. I mean, the London Ishwar, the controller of London. Hmm. Uh, but I could see why he might have done that, you know, or, and so forth. But I thought, no, no, he has a different idea. He wanted the people of London to think he's ours. Hmm? He's ours. He's British. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. He's one of us. <laughs> and we're special. And he, so, to have him, so, so something like this. Hmm? This this idea here. This is Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam. What else? Another question? Yes? Uh, I was reading Jagadharma and was intrigued by uh, the Vatsu and the Vatsu. The what? The Vatsu, Krishna's Vatsu and your Vatsu Dasha. Vastu. Yeah. Mm. In that relationship, how can we relate that to being Vatsu Dasha to Krishna? Well, the Vastu means the substance. He's the substance, ultimate substance, and we have a relation of service, in service to the ultimate substance, something like that. It's a, just a technical term. 
that which is the essence, the real substance, the real truth, we have a relationship with that mm-hmm. and as a serving uh, entity. What else? And what is the time? Eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we have Kirtan for a few minutes. I'll sit here. Then we can see if anybody has any questions after that. Sing Yasumati Nandana. Please sing. Nana Rajabana. Go ahead, what's your question? Uh-huh. Well, some, some, some people look at different manifestations of divinity as, um, as personal and um, provisional manifestations of divinity in this world, um, whereas in the Paravyom or in the, in the Paramartha, in the ultimate issue, the Absolute is, is um, kind of non-personal or... Um, um, undifferentiated. The experience is undifferentiated unity. Obviously, f- for for love, there has to be differentiation. There has to be a unity, and there has to be differentiation within that as well. So, some schools of of Vedanta, they pursue a union with Brahman, and they see different manifestations of divinity uh, to be a provisional manifestation of divinity that one can meditate upon and so forth and and um, ultimately uh, is a instrument, if you will, to entering into a union with Brahman where there's no there's no other. Hmm? There's no there's no soul, there's no individual soul, there's just one uh, eternal existence. I would say those are those transcendentalists they love to exist. Hmm? They love to exist. In bhakti, we exist to love, so it's a little bit different. There has to be some variety. There has to be uh, some reciprocation with 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 the with the deity. The deity, therefore, cannot be in this school of thought a provisional manifestation of divinity. Hmm? Krishna cannot the form of Krishna. Therefore, we've labored to explain in some of these uh, discussions. Satchidananda uh, rupaya. This is not a provisional form or rupa. Hmm? It's constituted of sat, chit, ananda, not satvaguna, hmm? but sat, chit, ananda. So we have some, 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 some difference there from those schools of thought. <clears throat> and in those schools of thought, there is certainly opportunity for experiencing some, um, some ecstasy and so forth. Indeed, they may even... Um, because Brahman is not without ananda. Even the jiva, the individual jiva, is not without ananda. So if you can taste the bliss of yourself, even, then nothing in the world will have any, any will, lose, will lose all appeal to you. That was the example of Sukadev, Swasuka, his own happiness, self-happiness. The, the ananda of the jiva, the ananda of the jiva, 
however, is very small. Therefore, the ananda of the jiva can be, the jiva can become confused and that, that ananda can be covered hmm, by the maya shakti. The jiva shakti's ananda can be covered by the maya shakti. Hmm? Hmm? And the jiva shakti's ananda is not such that it can con co control Krishna. But the sarup shakti, the bhakti is constituted of, has the power to control Krishna, obviously. Hmm? Radha's conquering Krishna, if you, if you will. Hmm? And the maya shakti cannot stand in the influence of the sarup shakti. There's no possibility. Hmm? She can control Krishna. What can maya, how, how can maya have an influence on her? She can control Krishna. Mm -hmm. And so she makes ingress into our lives. If Bhakti Devi makes ingress into our lives, I'm talking Shuddha Bhakti, the kind of Bhakti that Rupa Goswami is talking about here, mm -hmm. into our lives, then we have the capacity not only to, to, to overcome Maya's influence, that's like secondary thing, but to conquer Krishna also. And to taste all these bhavas proper. Now, in a school where the, the deity is used as, as a provisional means to meditate on, to give devotion to, that you may enter into a union with Brahman and Shanti, 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 peace forever. Hmm? That kind of bhakti that's employed, that is a sattvic manifestation of bhakti, sattvic bhakti, bhakti in the mode of goodness. Indeed, they even describe it as such. Hmm? But bhakti devi... You see, if we know about Shuddha Bhakti, we understand that we understand, oh, that can be a particular manifestation of bhakti. So they're not wrong. They say, bhakti is a good, it's good, you can do bhakti if you're emotional, and, you know, and it's a sattva guna, and you can worship Krishna, and you get some ecstasy, and then you enter into Brahman, and so forth. Hmm? Um, so that there's a sattvic manifestation of bhakti, yeah, we agree with them. But that's not what we're talking about when we talk about bhakti. We're talking about Shuddha bhakti. The problem, the problem with sattviki bhakti is there's very much opportunity to make offense to the deity that one is reposing one's, one's sattviki bhakti in. Hmm? That becomes problematic then. But let's say we don't make such offense to bhakti or to the object of love. And there are many people in that school that have great affection for Krishna, for example. Hmm? And so they experience ecstasy. Hmm? Ecstasy, in a simple t term, we could translate ecstasy as bhava. Hmm? But in terms of what we're talking about, this is an abhas. And Rupa Goswami explains all this in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. It's an abhas. An abhas of bhava. Hmm? A kind of a, a reflection of that, a shadow of that. It has powerful influence, tears, uh, hair standing on end, um, uh, ecstasy, uh, and, and so forth. But it is an abhas, a shadow. Of even there's some some slight melting of the heart and so forth. In terms of what we're talking about, um, they're experiencing something different. Because why? Hmm? Because by very very definition, in in those particular schools, hmm, for that matter, even the bhava and the tasting, some tasting relish of different leelas and so forth, like Madhusudan Saraswati explains, this is for the jivan mukta. As soon as videha mukti is attained, there are no more lila contemplation, no more no more such contemplation. So there's an ending. Therefore, the Godhead, the form, Ishwar, is considered to be provisional. But in our school, such a no. Hmm? And bhakti is 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 nirguna. 
It's not constitutive gunas. And therefore, the leelas are uh, the ultimate reality, not a provisional reality. But they're so powerful, and Krishna's form is so that even if you take it as a, in a provisional way, you can experience an abbas. We already we discussed it here that Krishna entered the wrestling arena, and some people saw him and tasted some shadow of rasa, an abbas of bira rasa, of, of rudra rasa, of, of mayankar, and so forth. Hmm? So, that is an answer. Does that help? Hmm? Now, within the context of bhakti itself, Shuddha Bhakti, the school of Shuddha Bhakti, you can also experience an abbas of, of bhava, bhava abbas. By good association, devotional activities, hmm? Krishna makes some appearance, shows himself to you in some way in the deity, and you think, whoa, this is extraordinary. Hmm? Even though you're thinking, this is extraordinary inviting, but I don't even want to go. I'm not sure, I'm still plugged in over here. Why is it even happening? I'm plugged in over here, seriously plugged in here. And Krishna just sh- showed me this. I felt otherworldly. And I should go, but I'm plugged. That's his kindness. You see, he does that. He gives some shadow, <laughs> hmm? some abhas. Hmm? So you have to step out of the shadow into the light. It's just like, whoa. A little bit of this is, whoa. Uh, it can, can completely swallow one. And There's no coming back. It's over. What about? No. And I had, I had, I was going to go, you know, I had something <laughs> that was important. No, it's all, nothing. No return. It has no significance. It has no value. We're still plugged in. When we get to Ruchi Bhakti, like I said the other night, then things change. One doesn't believe in the world anymore. Hmm? Now we believe in the world and we kind of believe in God. <laughs> so when you enter into Ruchi, man, you believe in God, you're experiencing God, and you don't believe in the world anymore. I don't believe in the world. Why should I? It doesn't work. Hmm? It doesn't make people happy. And see, people say it themselves. Still, they believe in it. The carrot. Hmm? of material acquisition and the prospect that by such acquisition everything will be fulfilled. We still believe that that might be true and therefore even Krishna shows himself in some way, we get some experience, we, 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 we come back from it and think, well, you know, glad to know that's there, but I do have a couple of things I need to attend to over here still. And we're all that we're only attending to is the possibility that that'd be a full meal in the material world. That I won't have to give anything up, and I don't realize I don't have anything even to give up. You don't get it. Hmm? So, with Krishna, very kind. Bhakti's very generous. So, some experience she may give. Hmm? Abhas. But the full experience is another thing. Hmm? No return from that. Hmm? And no, and no, no accompanying philosophy that says that that, that for example, Krishna is provisional. No, hmm? that is not bhakti rasa proper. No, that is only a shadow. Hmm? What else? Another question.
What's the time now? Okay, so maybe we take a little break here. You can get up and stretch your legs and so forth. And then at, is it 9 o'clock? 9 o'clock there'll be the Abhishek and we'll go on from there. Go Premanande Bulo.